This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. episode 25, D-U-D-I-Y. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh. And today, we have a book review, a bit about my crafting adventures, a little story about my DIY madness. But let's get this thing started with some updates. Okay, in updates, I am sad to report that the podcast feed is still broken in iTunes. I've done everything I can, and now it's just a matter of of waiting for iTunes to catch up. If you are manually subscribed to the podcast, like through some other feeder besides iTunes, awesome. Hopefully you'll get this episode and everything will be wonderful. Please tell your friends that I'm still here. You can manually subscribe to the podcast in iTunes by going into your advanced settings and just putting my URL into add a podcast. I will put instructions on how to do that over on the Ravelry board, as well as put them on the www.spincontrolpodcast.com website. So hopefully we will get all of our listeners back and everybody will be able to find me. And it'd be totally awesome if you could tell your friends that I am still here. All right. I'm super late recording this week. It is Monday. I have a long weekend and I'm kind of going to be recording this podcast in bits and bobs throughout the day in between like my marathon of cleaning and crafting. That's really the only way I'm going to get it done. I was a little delayed, I think, because I felt disparaged because I know that the feed is broken and it makes me sad. The website is up and it's awesome and it looks so good and the donation button is working. I've got an about tab, which is awesome. It's really, really making me happy, the website itself. I just had mixed feelings, so I got to recording a little bit late this week. The only other thing I want to add in updates is that we actually got three donations since I activated the donation button. That makes me so happy. You guys are awesome. I'm not going to list the names of the individuals who donated because that's kind of private and I haven't had the chance to communicate with them to see if that was okay. But those three people know who they are and thank you so much. It certainly is going to make the cost of switching hosts a little bit easier to bear. Thanks again so much. And I guess that's all we have in updates. So it's time to get this podcast started. This week on Spin a Tale, I'm going to tell you a little story about my DIY madness. I don't know how it started. I think it all stemmed this week from the loss of a hairdresser. But as my week progressed, I was just taking on task after task after task that was do-it-yourself. I dragged my husband into it a little bit, but it all worked out in the end. So, the loss of a hairdresser. The girl that cuts my hair and has for the past two and a half years is fantastic. My hair is not hard. It's super simple. I have curly hair. All of my curls kind of curl at their own rate. They're not very uniform. And my hair kind of does whatever it wants, whenever it wants. So all that I ask of a stylist is that they cut my hair in a circle and don't like do things that I don't ask for to my hair. I don't color it. I don't get anything fancy done to it. Really, you could give me a bowl cut and it would look fine. It's a simple bob. But there was something about this stylist's personality that I just adored. She was fantastic. I completely trusted her with my hair. 
Almost every person that I go to to get my hair cut decides to tell me what's best for my hair or just take the liberty to cut it in a manner in which I did not ask. And I hate that a lot. I mean, it drives me mad. My stylist moved to Michigan and she neglected to tell me this before she left. I was unable to get a recommendation from her of someone she thought would be a good replacement. So I decided that instead of looking for a new stylist, that I was gonna make my husband cut my hair. I figured a mediocre haircut at home that was free was better than paying for a mediocre haircut. And that's what we did. I made my husband cut my hair. And that sparked the DIY madness for this past week. I ended up hemming like three pair of pants for my husband instead of just taking them to a tailor. But you know what? It was awesome and I was more than capable and I got the job done. His pants look and fit fantastically. We unlandscaped our lawn. My husband started that when he took down the jungle gym that was falling apart and we decided to remove a bunch of other stuff that the previous owners had in the lawn. What else did I do? There was hemming pants and we hung a new door and I designed my own machine embroidery pattern from scratch on my new machine and that was awesome. I wrote code this week. I had little issues with the old WordPress and ended up writing code in the database files. Yeah, that's something I've never done before and never ever thought I would end up doing. What does all this have to do with my craftiness, right? I know, right? Sometimes spin a tail is just gonna be a hodgepodge of stuff that happens to me, but at least this week it all kind of fits neatly into this DIY kind of theme. But I think that I am brave enough to take on do-it-yourself projects because I taught myself to knit and I am teaching myself to sew. I know it's just a knit stitch and a purl stitch, but for some reason those two stitches give me the courage to try just about anything that I can find instructions on. And I love it. I cannot believe how liberating knitting has been for my entire life. I really feel like I could take just about anything on because I have this sense that I can just about accomplish anything because I've made so many strides in my knitting and my crafting and I think that's awesome. So this week I was totally taken over by do-it-yourself madness and thankfully everything worked out wonderfully and it was awesome and I really enjoyed it and I totally want to hear from you guys about the things that you take on as do-it-yourself projects. And that's all I've got this week in Spin a Tale. And now it's on to spinning my wheels. This week has been super duper productive. I had a four day weekend, so I've gotten a ton done. I mean, today is a mad, mad crafting and cleaning marathon. There's just been tons of stuff going on all around me. I can't really say that I've, um, this is gonna sound crazy. I've done a whole lot, but I haven't really gotten anything done. Does that make sense? I haven't finished anything. Oh no, I did finish one thing, but we'll get to that in a minute. Anyhow, in spinning. I'm still working on that one single out sample of the Cormo, but I finally, finally decided what I was going to do. I felt horrible because it was as if I had abandoned poor Carlin. It had been so long since I have spun anything. And you know, I kind of went on that spindle kick for a while and really hadn't paid much attention to her. And then I started the Cormo sample and wasn't exactly sure how I felt about it, but I'm back to it. So I, I try to at least sit down you know, when I'm transitioning in between projects in the house, I'll sit down for 15 minutes, clear my head, and spin a little bit 
on the Cormo. And what I've decided is that I am going to spin the entire ounce into a single and then use it as an Andean plying sampler, I guess, or practice project. So that's cool. I'm still not sure how I feel about the Cormo. Now that I'm getting into the second ounce, the weight of the single seems to be staying more consistent, which is good, but it's, I'm still gonna end up like with the whole first half of this single being all thick and thin and the second half being way more consistent, but we'll just have to see how that turns out in the plying. And I will definitely be sure to let you know how that all works out. And if I stick to my guns and continue to spin in these little 15 minute segments throughout this week, by the time I hit next week's episode, I should definitely have something to report back on. So we'll, I'm looking forward to that. The Cormo is very soft and squishy, almost marshmallowy feeling in my fingers, but I don't, I guess I'm just gonna have to see the final product to come up with a final opinion about spinning Cormo. On to sewing. Sewing has been strange. That's really where I've done a lot, but haven't gotten anything done. I had my first and second embroidery classes and those were a lot of fun and I learned so much in my second embroidery class that the very next day I decided to sit down and design my own embroidery pattern and that was really cool. I don't know, maybe one or two of you have seen the counting sheet pattern that I had. He's the cutest little guy. I decided to turn that into a machine embroidery design. So I should have some pictures of that to post. I did post it up on Twitter and that made me super happy, but I was pretty impressed with myself that I was able to use the software that comes along with my embroidery machine to design an entire piece myself, which is pretty cool. I've been doing a lot of practicing on like little scraps of fabric on some different things that I wanna do, some free motion quilting, even though I don't quilt, right? I don't know, I just think it's cool. So I'm thinking about making some small items, maybe some quilted bags. And right now I'm just sewing on a lot of scraps. I'm not finishing anything. And trying to get some of these ideas I've got in my head into templates or little samples for myself to see if I can actually make them a reality. And that's all I've got going on in sewing. In knitting. I think that's where I've made the most progress, even though it doesn't really feel like it. Cobblestone, I know that I had gotten as far as connecting the sleeves, and I was reading on the instructions for the yoke and felt totally betrayed by Jared Flood. Ugh, they're short rows. Not that I have anything against short rows, I wasn't expecting it. I was really just hoping to sit down and knit in a circle until, you know, with the occasional decrease, until I finished the yoke and I was done. But no, I had to pay more attention than that, so I'm not exactly done with cobblestone. I'm almost done. I'm on this little section of knitting straight garter stitch, up the yoke, and then I'll start my decrease rounds, and all should be well with that. Maybe this time next week I'll be done with cobblestone, but I didn't get it done this week like I had hoped, but I kinda got a little distracted with all the do-it-yourself <laughs> stuff. I'll forgive Jared Flood and continue on with the sweater and not hold the short rows against him. Short rows seems like a misnomer in this sweater because they go probably two thirds the way around the circumference of the entire sweater. And my husband's husky. That's a lot of stitches. The rows aren't very short. You're stitching across more of the circumference than you're not. So I think that's why I felt a little jaded about that. In other knitting news, I got my next sock club shipment. The yarn is a tonal like foresty green, not like 1980s foresty green, more of a modern day green. It's really, really pretty. I'm totally pleased with the yarn. This time's package also included two men's 
sock patterns, which is pretty cool. I'll have to read through the one and see if I'm willing to knit my husband's socks out of Socks That Rock. I may or may not be. I do love him, but do I love him that much? We'll see. I don't know. He's kind of hard on his socks, so we'll have to see if I'm willing to give up a whole skein of Socks That Rock. We'll have to see what happens with that, but it's very pretty, and I'm pleased. The two patterns are pretty cool, and I just have to decide. We'll have to finish the dusty corners first. That I didn't make any more progress on with all the other stuff I've been doing. Ooh, I did finish a hat. Yay. Christmas Conquest 2010. I made a little progress on that. I finished my second bulky hat and decided that it needed a gigantic oversized pom-pom on top of it. And since it was made out of bulky weight yarn, it wasn't a problem at all to get that done very quickly. So that's another hat added to the Christmas Conquest 2010 box. And I'll have to figure out what I'm going to start next. And I will definitely report on that next week. And that is all the progress I have made in my crafting life this week in terms of finishing and starting and getting things accomplished. This week, I am all spun up about my children. I love my girls. They're hilarious. They're funny. They're bright. They're geniuses. They pick things up so fast, and they hold things in their little hearts for so long. Each of my girls has totally amazed me this week with things that they've said and things that they've done that are just completely unexpected. Itty Bitty was sitting here next to me while I was at the sewing machine, and she decided that she was going to dig through my drawers. And she got to the knitting drawer. In the knitting drawer, I have a ton of abandoned needles that I don't use very often, including these crappy, crappy plastic needles. Yes, plastic. I did say plastic. I bought them before I knew. Anyway, these crappy, crappy plastic needles that have like glitter suspended in the plastic. And she looks at me and says, mom, you didn't tell me they had colorful, shiny needles. And that was all it took for this kid to want to pick up knitting again. I taught her how to knit two and a half years ago when we were moving. We had moved into our new house, but not all of our furniture was there, and we didn't have a television at the time, or any of their toys or books or any of that good stuff. We were kind of in this suspended animation mode. So I went out, and I got them both knitting needles, and I let them pick some yarn. I had to cast on for her and start her first row, and after that, she knit probably a little four-inch square and said, okay, that's cool. I can do that now, and never touched knitting again. She had zero interest in it, but apparently all it took for this kid to get motivation to knit was sparkly needles. I cast on for her and I didn't even have to start the first row. After two and a half years, she's only nine now. After two and a half years, she remembered exactly how to knit. I didn't have to show her again or anything or tell her which way to wrap the yarn. She learned. She knit on and off for a week when she was seven and just two days ago picked it back up like she had never stopped. My 12 year old did pretty much the same thing the week before last. She was grounded. I had bought her her very own knitting book that I'm going to talk about in the next segment. And when she was grounded, she ended up actually flipping through the book, picking a project, picking the yarn, and just starting this knitting project. She taught herself how to do a long tail cast on from the instructions in the book. These girls amaze me. I know the teen is 12. She's not quite, she's a preteen. My preteen is 12 and definitely has a mental capacity to do pretty much any crafting she sets her mind to. But man, those girls just blow me away. I'm so glad that they found the motivation on their own to do something that mommy totally enjoys. So it's been pretty cool the last couple weeks getting to do these activities with my little girls. 
And that's what has me all spun up this week. My wonderful, brilliant children. This week, I'm going to put my spin on a book. The book for this week I mentioned in the last segment. It's called Teen Knitting Club with the subtitle Chill Out and Knit. And it is by Jennifer Wegner, Carol Abrams, and Maureen Lasher. This book, I came across it on clearance sale at my local yarn shop at the crawl we did just a couple months ago at the end of summer. And I found it, it was like $4. It was 75% off. And I just picked it up because it said Teen Knitting Club on the front. I thought that my 12-year-old would just be excited to see a book that was tailored for her. I had no idea what was in it. I didn't even really spend much time flipping through the book. I just saw cute pictures of kids on the front and a title with the word teen in it. Just this last week when my daughter decided to use it and make her own project, I really started flipping through it, looking at it to see what kind of help she would need from me. Like I had mentioned, she taught herself how to do a long tail cast on from the book. Her reaction to the book was very good. It sparked her interest and got her motivated to try things I don't think she'd ever wanted to try before. In my opinion, that makes the book a total win. However, when I really jumped into it, I was nothing but impressed with the content of this book. It starts out like just about any other knitting book that you'll find. There's history information on knitting, background stuff, information about yarn weights and yarn weights and yarn content, the importance of gauge. It teaches you how to, you know, do all the basic stuff, casting on, binding off, weaving in your ends, etc., etc. But this book is, I think, a pattern support in the book, even though it is tailored for teens or preteens, is impressive. I mean, it's not just that learn to knit book that I purchased before that kind of came as a kit. The pattern support was just, it was what? Six little patterns that are so super simple anyone can do them. But this book, in my opinion, takes teens seriously as a knitter. These projects aren't super complicated. However, the patterns aren't limited based on an expectation of the capability of a teen knitter or their interest. Their scarves, hats, bags, ponchos, tank tops and shells, sweaters. There's also a section for one day projects and blankets. So it's not limited based on the fact that these kids are like, what, 11 to 14? There's a lot of really cute patterns in here that I think motivate the new knitter to definitely try new things. The first thing my daughter wanted to knit out of here was a hat. She wanted to knit on circle needles. And basically that first project, she already knew how to knit and purl. That first project though taught her to knit on circular needles, decrease, calculate the gauge to fit the hat to her head so she know what size she needed to make and how to pick yarn based on the final product that she wanted. So that was super cool. And after the hat, she's picked a tank top that she wants to knit. And as soon as I have the yarn that supports that, then she'll take off. It's styled very well. It's super cute. It's not just, I really like the look of this book. It's laid out very, very simply. I think that the patterns are stuff that kids would want to wear. I also think that they did a great job with the models because they are a reflection of the person that's actually going to be knitting. These are real kids. They're cute. When they show kids with yarn in their hands knitting, they're knitting the way that my daughter does. When she knits, she knits English style and she literally lets go of the right hand needle, puts the yarn around and then picks the needle back up. And that's what the kids in the book are doing. Not that it's wrong. That's how I started, but it's a very cute little book that has certainly been an excellent motivator for this little teen 
to take on stuff that I don't think she ever thought she would. Overall, it's a great little book. It's written well enough that it's interesting. It's not too simple and a 12 year old can understand it and be motivated to try the things that are in here. And it's not completely dumbed down so that it bores her to tears. They've got quotes from kids who are involved in knitting from their communities. It's cool. Here's one, just as an example. This is from a 16 year old named Sue Ellen. Our club knits blankets for a local shelter. Recently, we received a nice note from the director telling us how much the colorful blankets brightened up the shelter and how much people who use them appreciate them. All of us in the club felt so good to make a difference. Really, the book is tailored toward projects kids will be interested in and getting them involved in their community and building community around knitting. Some of the goals that I think all of us have. So, Tea Knitting Club by Jennifer Wanger, Carol Abrams, and Maureen Lasher definitely gets my recommendation. And that is all for Put My Spin On It. All right, it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control, but not before I take another minute to say thank you to everybody. Thanks to those three donors who took the time to contribute to the podcast. I really, really appreciate that. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. To my returning listeners and to those who have just found us for the first time, I really appreciate that you are out there listening to the things I have to say. I also want to apologize for being a little scatterbrained this episode, but I'll be back on track next week for sure. Thanks again to Rachel of Diabolical Yarns for her wonderful contribution of the October Donation Incentive. Once again, to anyone who donates to the podcast during the month of October, you will receive two things. The first is a copy of my perfect little fat quarter bag pattern. I've got that perfected and put it into a tutorial and will send that out to anyone who donates this month. In addition, you will be entered in to win your choice of a beautiful skein of lace weight yarn, 760 yards of super fine merino lace weight in a beautiful lavender color or four ounces of hand-painted BFL roving. I greatly appreciate, I greatly appreciate Diabolical Yarns October sponsorship. And if you get the chance, go on over and check out her Etsy shop. That's at diabolicalyarns.etsy.com. I was over there earlier today and have my eye on a beautiful skein of strong arm sock yarn in the colorway called Evil Genius, spelled J-E-A-N-I-U-S, like denim jeans. It's beautiful shades of denim blue. I love it. It's gorgeous. It's taking everything I have in me not to snatch it up right now. I guess I'll have to look at my budget and see what I can do with that. Well, that's all I've got for this week. Thanks again to everybody. I really do appreciate it. Knowing that you are out there has made putting up with all this crazy internet stuff worth it. This week's song is called Looking Down by the Spindles. That's all I have. As always, you can check the show notes at spincontrolpodcast.com. Email me at ajoyfulgirlmits at gmail.com. Catch me on Ravelry as a Joyful Girl. Or follow me on Twitter as a Joyful Girl Maid. Thanks for sticking with me, guys. Talk to you soon. Looking down from my window I see the fortunes of the same Tearing down the back roads You run him down
warm the beads on your head Come and meet the answers The door of the way you were fed Tearing down. 